Welcome everybody and thank you for joining the Matt Waverley Christadelphians as we discuss another important topic of Bible teaching, the Kingdom of God and you. 2020, a year that so many people would like to forget. It's a crazy world out there. We've got the virus pandemic causing disruption to most countries, some coping, some not coping, sending out confused messages. We have race riots in several parts of the world because people are intolerant of each other. We have border tensions breaking out and coming into armed conflict between various nations because we cannot live at peace with each other. The world has definitely got crazy. And it's not surprising because with man in charge, what else can we expect? We take from the words of the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 10. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Man cannot control his destiny. We have tried over the last hundred or so years with the United Nations and before that the League of Nations, but all we have is conflict and confusion. So is there a solution to the situation that the world finds itself in? And the answer to that clearly is yes. God does have a solution to the problems that this world faces. And it's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. There are various aspects of this kingdom we'd like to briefly outline to you from the scripture. What is the kingdom? Where will it be? Who is its king? Does it have laws? And what will it be like to be in the kingdom? Well, firstly, the kingdom will be one which will never be destroyed. That's what God instructed Daniel to tell King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon over two and a half thousand years ago. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. Or as the psalmist says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. That time is soon to come. Where will this kingdom be? It will be centred on the people of God, on Israel, in the land of Israel, in the Middle East as we know it today. Prophecy of Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Or as we read in Daniel chapter 2 verse 35, concerning the kingdoms that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his great image, in his dream, the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed all at the same time, became like chaff from the th summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that there was not a trace of them found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. So the kingdom of God starts in the land of Israel, but fills over time the whole world. Who is the king? When the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, was before the Roman authorities under Pilate, 
nearly 2,000 years ago, Pilate asked him a question. Are you a king? Jesus responded, In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. So Jesus is the king, as was promised to his mother by the angel back in Luke chapter 1, verse 32. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the king of the coming kingdom, and he will administer on behalf of God God's laws. That's what's prophesied in Isaiah chapter 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So God's law will be sacrosanct in those days. And because of that, the conditions in the world will change dramatically. We'll take a look at just one chapter from the Bible that tells us what it will be like to live in the kingdom. Psalm 72. Because God's law will be in control of the world, we read verse 4, He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and will break in pieces the oppressor. How different to the conditions in the world today. And because there will be justice for all, there will be true peace. Verse 7, Abundance of peace until the moon is no more, is what Psalm 72 verse 7 prophesies. And that means forever. And it's certain because God's word promises it. And there will be an abundance of food. No longer millions upon millions of people starving from day to day. Verse 16 of Psalm 72 tells us, There will come to be plenty of grain on the earth. On the top of the mountains there will be an overflow. What a time of peace, tranquility, and plenty for all. I suppose in some ways the most important question is, when will this happen? We're told several times in the New Testament that we don't know. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself doesn't know when exactly he will return to the earth to re-establish God's kingdom. But we do have this promise in Luke 21 verse 24 from Jesus himself they will fall that is the Jews they will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled Gentiles is just another word for people who are not Jews Jerusalem has been trodden down since AD 70 until 
1967 when Israel, the nation, was able to reunify the whole city. But it still has institutions in that city. It still has people in that city who would like to see the nation of Israel wiped from the face of the earth. But remember this, they are the people of God. So the kingdom of God is coming and it will be a wonderful time. But what about you? What about me? Is there any place for us in the kingdom of God? And the answer is yes. We read in several places in the Bible that God doesn't want anybody to perish, but there are conditions on us getting a place in the kingdom. For instance, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So notice what Peter says, the offer from God is real. It is there for you, but it requires repentance, turning around and walking back towards God. Or as the Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Timothy 2, God our Saviour desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what God has offered. And in a sense, it is without price. There are conditions, but it doesn't mean money. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. God wants all to be in his kingdom, but it's on his terms, not ours. As we read in John chapter 3, that God gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For our God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So that is the offer of God. But it is conditional upon us believing in Jesus. The alternative, well that's what Paul talks about in Romans 6. The wages of sin is death. We work, we get paid each week. We sin, we get paid. Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God doesn't force it on us. He offers it to us. But it is a genuine offer of eternal life in his kingdom. So Peter says in Acts 3, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The world around us is largely ignorant of the truth of God. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Acts 17. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him, that's Jesus, from the dead. Man is without excuse. Jesus did live, 
2,000 years ago. He was crucified by the Romans and the Jews and he did rise from the dead. And God, if we accept that, offers us eternal life in his kingdom. It's not going to be easy. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 14 says, It is through many trials and tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. But the offer of God is genuine and it can include you and I. The choice is ours. If you need further help or would like to ask questions or make comments on what we've discussed, please contact us on bibletruth.net.au. Thank you for watching.